War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401 439-6028 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service YankeeTreeService.com What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming Experts based right in Lincoln Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today 439-6028 439-6028 Whether it's tree removal stump grinding, tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439-6028 439-6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com you're listening to the john DePietro show folks it's weekdays we start right now at 11 a.m 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com it's monday it is september 26th it's also rosh hashanah so it's a little bit of a, a different day i think a lot of the the schools are off so but something that is happening uh today folks first of all uh that was a difficult patriot loss yesterday especially the way it ended with the big story today is going to be mac jones if he has that high ankle sprain that was a winnable game for the patriots if they had not had that ball punched out uh as they were going down the field i like the way they had uh, they had an opportunity at one point to absolutely win that game in the in the fourth quarter but it did not happen now the season could take a very different very very different turn but i want to start off today so governor mckee is insisting that his department heads need these raises it's it's ludicrous folks i i mean it is absolutely a joke and it's dishonesty is what it is because these are all just promises these are all just to try to ingratiate himself with uh you know the the inside politically uh, the the system at the state house but the the fact that and and you know today this hearing on the directors receiving the um their raises and i like the fact that republican ashley k uh Kalis apparently has turned out for it but that this business that governor mckee and some of the raises that he's going for so one director right now 135 governor mckee wants to boost it to 160 that's a that's a big raise uh director uh department of business regulation makes 135 boosted up to 160 another director how about dem 135 to 160 dhs 135 to 160 uh there's several of them like that but like uh, director of dot 155 to 175 and then you even have secretary uh 155 to 175 the fact of the matter is no one is leaving these jobs and it's supposed to be listen you don't you don't make uh you know you you could make more money in the private sector but the fact of the matter is you have the you know the guarantee of the state job doesn't pay as much but the fact of the matter is uh at least that way you have the job stability and therefore you don't have to worry so much about it so there's you know there's there's an element that of job security that comes into it but the fact is that because of all of their unfriendly business policies uh, basically they have scared so many 
private sector companies out of the area. And so as a result of that, you don't have a, a, a slew of people that are leaving and going into the private sector. You don't have people being lured out of state government and then taking jobs there. It's the opposite. People are, are leaving some of the private sector jobs and saying, you know, this is crazy. I'd rather just have the stability of the state job. It pays just as much, if not better. And then, you know, you get all the, the different perks. So big part of it, one of the biggest things used to be the discrepancy in pay, but people said, you know, job security, plus I get a pension, plus I get all the insurance benefits. Well, now it kind of maps out the other way where it's it's more beneficial and i think one of the best examples i want you to understand best examples of that is in baseball and uh best exemplified in the movie Moneyball, where billy bean played by brad pitt says you know we're like a training training camp for the yankees the red sox the other teams with the high payrolls that then just they take all our players because they pay them more right because the a's didn't have the payroll that the Yankees had. That was one of the reasons where baseball is just broken. You know, in the NFL, one of the best things about the NFL or the NBA, specifically, though, to me, the the NFL, is you could make just as much as quarterback of the Green Bay Packers as you could as quarterback of the New York Giants. And that is that is one of, if not the reason, why the NFL thrives so much. Because if you play for the Denver Broncos, the Denver Broncos has the same amount of money in payroll as the san francisco 49ers as does the new england patriots or as does tampa bay so if you had a baseball situation there's no way some of those places cincinnati is a good example oakland they just don't have the payroll that some of the you know the bigger market teams do the mets the yankees red Sox, the dodgers so but for governor mckee to try to be saying well we have to do this to retain talent there's no one leaving if anything there's still you know a line of people that would love to try to get a state job with all the different perks and benefits involved with it you don't have a big influx of people that are flooding out of those jobs so you don't need to pay in that way all right i want to get to some of the sound that is coming out from over the weekend now msnbc if roles had been reversed if this was a discussion on say on fox news about a democrat then what an uproar they would be but this was msnbc panel and they start talking about lindsey graham so republican senator lindsey graham and he this was on msnbc and he in fact you know has never married and he's an older man so there's some kind of so this is yesterday on msnbc over the weekend on msnbc the discussion and listen how they go after lindsey graham on abortion i want you to first help me understand why would he even be doing this Mm -hmm. right they overturned roe v wade so for that portion of their base who wanted that you got what you wanted right why do this republicans don't even support it across the board he's dividing republicans it's not like you can get white evangelical voters to vote for you twice (laughs) and now you're knocking out a ton of other Mm -hmm. potential voters he's ignoring what happened in kansas yes you know it's like come on people and it's and this is where listen listen wow listen to them laughing wow As a, a married man who's got a wife and two daughters, I don't want someone who's not married without a family dictating oh, family same. policy. Well, and also, even though I know that there are women who support uh, the ban on abortion and support the revocation. I mean, that is just so beyond the pale. Let's go to uh, ABC's This Week. Chris Christie talking about what is the issue for the midterms. And when you go deeper into Here we go. Let's, let's talk about the abortion issue because... of the voters say the economy is their top issue. Only 62% say abortion. And when you go deeper into the poll and look at some of the crosstabs on this, what our poll is showing is that 
the pro-life people are more motivated by the abortion issue to vote in these midterms than the pro-choice people are. You know, the economy, though, actually remains the, the top. You know, uh, P, uh, the top issue for the midterms, Jen Psaki left the White House. Suddenly, first time, she was on Meet the Press and talks about upcoming midterm elections. For Democrats, I would say one of the biggest vulnerabilities... If it is a referendum on the president, they will lose, and they know that. They also know that crime is a huge vulnerability for Democrats. I would say one of the biggest vulnerabilities. <laughs> if it's a referendum on President Biden, they're going to lose. Listen, I, you know, this is amazing, Fox, Fox News. The stock, stock market value since President Biden took office, how much do you think it's down? The markets are set to open after an absolutely brutal week on Wall Street. Stocks now down $7.6 trillion since President Biden took office. Oh, my God. Do people really want four more years of this? I had to listen to that twice. $7.6 trillion. It is down. Now, there's a big focus on that Philadelphia Senate race. I don't. I don't know. They had a good candidate. Dr. Oz beat him. I'm not sure if he can catch him. It's possible. Possible that Dr. Oz can catch that guy Fetterman. But it, they had, like I said, they had a good candidate there. They had a good candidate, Dave McCormick. Um, but he was unsuccessful in the primary. President Biden late Friday out there taking credit for the new bridges and those bullets that are collapsing but the truth is there's a lot more Republicans out there taking credit for the new bridges and those bullets that are collapsing <laughs> the what I don't know exactly sure exactly what he said but I'm actually I don't know what to make of that all right folks it's John DePietro we're going to do um politics this week with Justin Katz Again, it is a little bit of a um, off Monday, but the uh, the Kalis campaign, the the two races that are truly heating up, it's not your imagination, are the race for governor and also the CD2 race. Now, I also want to mention, as a matter of fact, that I had a um, school reunion over the weekend, and I was intrigued the number of people that were asking me about Ashley Kalis. I think that's a good sign for her. They don't know about her. They're intrigued by her. Many people just said that woman, that lady, the lady running against McKee for governor. They know the boxing commercial. Um, she, I think, actually has an opportunity. I'd be very, you know, we don't know the answer. What is the undecideds on this race between McKee and Ashley Kalis? It might be higher than people realize. I think Governor McKee could really, people see Governor McKee, and I think they're very open. Now Now it's up to her to close the deal. But I, I, I'd be very curious to hear what some people think the undecided is on this race, meaning is it as high as 25 to 30%? Because we, we did see in the primary the undecideds broke for Helena Folks, who won on primary day. So Governor McKee is definitely feeling the heat. Kalis needs to try to keep the pressure on. The rest of this month, I think Governor McKee is still just trying to lick his wounds and get everything in gear for the final stretch. But this could be a very close election for governor and not decided yet. All right, a lot ahead on this Monday. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals, they're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in, routine, urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear 
antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. You are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining us, he's the managing editor for AnchorRising.com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, I want to start off with what took place. It was a week ago, last Monday. Uh, it's really even still hard to fathom. I don't think enough attention has been put on it and probably won't be on it, but just the fact that you had a private event, Nicole Salas uh, decided to sponsor an event. A group of adults uh, took out and wanted to use a meeting space at a public library, have a private event. A group of adults have a discussion now inside, and it had to do with the way uh, gender is being handled in schools and so forth, education and teens. And, and, um, and the fact is that they were about 20 people inside and there were more than 200 outside. And the bottom line fact of the matter is, and a lot of this was on social media, but, but you know, cause you were actually kind of in the thick of it a little bit and discussing it. The, the other side, they were trying to cancel that meeting. And that was an angry mob outside. And I, as someone that was there, Justin Katz, the only reason why there was no trouble is because the Cranston police were there. But there were people who would plan to go inside. They were going to try to disrupt and cancel the meeting. And if the roles had ever been reversed, it would have been a huge national story of here you have 20 parents inside that are trying to discuss gender. And what do you do with these kids that are trans? And then there was an angry mob of 200 hateful rhetoric outside. And they tried to stop it in this whole big business. So I want to start off just getting some of your thoughts on it. Yeah, well, it's a, we, we don't have to look far for an example. I mean, when when a handful of white nationalists disrupted a handful of socialists having a reading of uh, that's right. Marx's Mein Kampf or whatever Marx's book was, um, he uh, I know that wasn't it, by the way. Um, that was a national news. That was the, how dare they attack speech? And here yep. it's, it's reversed. It's bigger. I mean, it, it was you say 20 people inside, but, you know, you have to wonder how many people didn't go just oh, because yeah. they, they knew. Absolutely. And, and, and it was more, ad- maybe there were like 30, maybe there were 30. But a lot of people, if you didn't want, I mean, forget about it. You'd have to go through the gauntlet. I'm sure a number of people that maybe were going to go decided it's not worth it. Right, exactly. So, but I mean, there's there's no way to tell. But what's the thing that's most striking to me is the just the, the chameleon dishonesty of the progressives here, right up to yeah. people who are who are in Rhode Island media. I mean, there there were absolutely calls for a week in advance to disrupt, to go in, take up space, shut it down, call for the library to cancel it. The only reason that didn't happen was, well, first of all, the, the library's lawyers said, no, you, you really, you'll be violating their civil rights if you cancel this event. The ACLU actually somehow managed to find the backbone to say, no, they have to be able to have this event. And the parents and police there. And then all of a sudden, all the progressives are saying, well, no, it was just a peaceful protest. They got to have it. Nobody canceled it. There was no censorship. There was no violence. And yet they were making fun of the fact that the police had to be there to protect them. Like, yeah, from you. Yeah. The entire uh, presentation of this, and I think people really need to t- pay attention to what this means. This this wasn't, uh, you know, they're calling them hateful bullies. The the people having a presentation inside the library. This was a PowerPoint presentation. This was not. They weren't doing like a progressive style direct action and going to the schools or intimidating kids. Or they were talking. They were having a presentation about information. That's not allowed. You have to be. You cannot question the most radical. Uh, of progressive movements right now. And the, the news media jumps right in and helps them out and supports it, prevents, presents the narrative exactly as they want. But I think that's what people have to pay attention to is you, we're losing our rights. You can see very clearly to the extent that these people take power, people who you cannot disagree with them. You will lose your civil rights if you disagree with them once they have power. It's just, it's as plain as anything. And people need to wake up to that fact. Dishonesty is a good word, uh, Justin Katz. And, and let's, you know, I'm not a fool. We'll name names. Mike Stanton, who used to be a very good reporter for the Providence Journal, even an author, but he's seen as like the eldest statesman. By the way, he also teaches journalism at UConn, but he was publicly trying to get people to and pressure William Hall Library to cancel the event. By, oh, gee, I'm so disappointed. 
in my library and doing this and say it isn't so. And that's all passive aggressive approach to try to get other people. There were progressives posting the phone number, telling people to call. I, I applaud the library. I, I mean, and they did go to their, you know, legal um, counsel to make sure and, and realize they were on the right side of this. But, you know, one of the best examples, and I saw you get into it, was that he's Dan York's producer, Bill Bartholomew, who was like, oh, we didn't we didn't censor them. You absolutely censored them. Their, your objective was to cancel the event. That's what they wanted to do. When it, it failed because the library wouldn't fold, when it failed because the police were there and were not going to allow you to disrupt, then it became the peaceful, oh, you know, the dishonesty of the peaceful protest. But just the cats, this is this was a private event where a group of adults wanted to get together and discuss, as you say, a PowerPoint presentation. And, and they thought they were totally in the right to disrupt and try to cause so much friction and tension that they were going to get the event canceled. They, 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 this is one of the most I'm telling you, Justin, one of the most pathetic displays that they don't even realize just who they really are and what their actions are. That is another example that if you don't agree with them, they absolutely do not believe in freedom of speech. They believe that event, if they had their way, they all would have went crashing in there and shut the whole thing down. Oh, exactly. Certainly. And, and we've seen this on college campuses going back a decade or more where a speaker will come just to <clears throat> present a point of view. And they, they literally have to be ushered out the back door by police yep. because they're being hunted down on the campus by progressives. That's what's coming to our communities. And <clears throat> it's not, excuse me, it's not clear that even a lot of people in the audience even know what they're there for. They're probably told these are, you know, white nationalists who are out to yes. kill people. But yeah, it's a, it's a dangerous situation. And on top of that, the way the media treats it even, you know, there was a story and it was described, Nicole Solis was described, the leader of a tiny organization. Well, you know, if you're going to start describing organizations, that Reverend Donnie used to be Donald Anderson. Donnie Anderson, he is the reverend of a non-existent church. He doesn't have a parish. He doesn't have. So he should be the tiny reverend who doesn't even have a flock. And you're exactly right. I, I even illustrated as someone that was there. Those people, they didn't even know what they were doing there, what it was about. And the main person that came to speak, uh, Chris Elson, he, he was out front filming the crowd. They didn't even know that it was him. He was just standing there. I mean, they had no idea really other than and of course, they you know brought children and it's and they're hate mongers and it's white supremacy. And then then you start to see what if it was this? What if it was that? It, it, it is hard to believe, Justin Katz. This is twenty twenty two. Again, this were this was not, you know, the Patriot Front we're going to gather or the Proud Boys were going to use the space or some, you know, extremist Oath Keepers. We're gonna, th this is a group of parents. Uh, we're going to get together and, and listen to a speaker talk about how gender is going on in school. And, and the media narrative to me was the community got together and had a peaceful protest and they showed the white supremacist hate mongers and, and Senator Mack. She spoke that Representative Brandon Potter, these are elected officials taking part in this, and it is a total charade of dishonesty. Oh, absolutely. And I think the fact that there were children there raises a very important point. We have now, thanks to Republicans who didn't see it coming, uh, <clears throat> project-based civics. That's what this is. That means kids are going to be getting school credit to go to these kind of events. Um, and that's another thing we need to keep an eye on. That's exactly right. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Justin Katz. Our segment is Politics This Week right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote. 401 732 1730 j perry paving they are tremendous they also how about this once a month they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran and remember whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed call j perry paving for a free quote it makes a huge difference in your property in your home in your driveway or patio 401-732-1730 j perry 
paving 401-732-1730 you can also find them on facebook they're terrific hey get that driveway paved call and book an appointment now 401-732-1730 for j perry paving our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz managing editor anchorising.com well justin it is um it is hard to believe the decision that came down last week actually it's not hard to believe but uh, we, are, we are in a day and age where Governor Mundo with the pre- press briefing, it started several years. It actually even started during 2016, the spring when she had Vice President Biden in and toll works and uh, road works and, and the, put the tolls up there. And those truckers never gave up. Here it is four years later. And the truck tolls, it, it proves to be that it's, it's unconstitutional. You can't just select one group. That is really what they were saying all along. This went to the highest levels of government. Of course, Raimondo was no longer here. And I'm very interested. People need to pay attention to what's happening here, because as much as Governor McKee keeps saying we're going to review it, we're not sure. But they have 30 days if they're going to appeal this. And already General Treasurer Seth Magazine running for Congress does the union bidding. The union loved, as you know, they love that 40, 45 million private fund direct to them out of the budget. No one's tinkering with it, uh, a direct source of money in the form of the truck tolls. So you also have Speaker Sakachi saying, I, I think the state should. But now it falls to Governor McKee, who is totally seemingly caught flat-footed. And all he kept re- repeating was, we're going to review the situation. We're going to review the review. And, um, and he is in a hard spot because I would imagine they're going to ask for an extension because the last thing he wants to do is have to make a tough decision before Election Day. Definitely. And, and the decision here is whether to cancel the tolls and be completely waste the whole effort and money or toll cars, which was what the advocate said was going to be coming down the pike when it was found yeah. unconstitutional. That really needs to be a bigger story. And Raimondo is kind of skating away because she's on this national stage now. But yeah. this was completely avoidable. There was no need for this. Just a waste of money and time because they were trying to push something through, expecting that nobody would have the resources to fight it. That is absolutely true. And on top of that, and I want people to understand that the, how the unfairness of this, I mean, if the truckers didn't have the resources and it was, these are, you know, this is also kind of declaring war on, on, on business. It's certainly business unfriendly. But um, what, what does it tell you that, like, to me, this is, it really puts McKee in a box because I believe the unions are absolutely, they expect him, hey, we gave you the endorsement. We got you over the finish line uh, on primary day. We fully like who cares what businesses think? Who cares what the regular taxpayers think? We expect you to appeal this because we we want our money. That's, you know, and, and as much as they can say, well, you know, it's actually a small portion of uh, the Rhode Island DOT budget, which is close to nine hundred million dollars. Hey, 40 million dollars is 40 million dollars. And I think what they really liked was this was not in a budget that could fluctuate up and down. It was a direct source. They give them a, it's almost like a separate budget item in, in their reaction to the state is then, Hey, we still want our money, but we, where do you think this leads with governor McKee, Justin Katz? Well, it certainly makes me think of your predictions that he had a big bill. He was going to have to pay for that endorsement yeah. that got him over the line. And I think absolutely this ought to be an easy political question for him it wasn't his call he wasn't the governor <clears throat> excuse me they ought to he ought to be able to say well this was a lesson learned it's terrible that my predecessor did this but he can't because the unions want the money so he's got to he's got to go with it uh it's it's going to be interesting whether they go with appeal fight and dismantle or you know just toll cars and and there you go. I, I think the tolling cars is a lot more likely now than it seemed a few years ago, just because it, the unions have such a such a grip on the state. But I think the the Democrats are, are going to try to make this decision easier for McKee. And we saw some evidence of that with uh, Patrick Anderson of the Province Journal. Uh, his presentation was Republicans pounce, basically. You know, all the I told you so's. Well, yeah, but that's not the story. The right. story is they were right. It was obvious this shouldn't have been done. Democrats did it, trying to get one over on the people. And there you go. That's the story. But instead, they've got to try to, oh, the Republicans are all saying, I told you so. They're going to try to help McKee make this make this seem like it's not his fault and that somebody else is to blame. And it may work. People just don't pay that much attention. 
and and I saw that the reaction was, here comes the pile on. The pile on, to put the tolls up, the numbers that I saw, it cost 76 million to put it up. 7 million in legal fees. So quick addition, you're up to 83 million, just out of the box, stand up, set up costs, let alone whatever it costs, the labor and the hours to actually install them. I don't know what that is. I haven't seen DOT release that figure, but it has to be, you know, uh, pretty substantial. Plus the studying of where to put them. I would imagine when you add all of that, that's a couple million. Now, the number that I saw that I believe Channel 12 had, Justin Katz, was that it was all together over the four years, it brought in 100 million. But the fact of the matter is when you then subtract whatever that it was at least at least 75 million. No, it was at least 85 million to get the whole thing up and running. The net potentially could end up being 15 million over the over the four years. And I'm not exaggerating. It could be right in that vicinity, which means with everything that went through that the state was basically netting a, a couple million a year. Do you think um, <clears throat> what do you make of the way that Republican Ashley Kalis has, has handled this? Well, I, I think it's an area where she could be stronger. I mean, there's a lot of room to be very strong here, um, especially as the media starts to dig in and try to try to turn a story to her. I mean, it's it's not a difficult call to make to me. Republicans should be say, touting the fact that they had it right and that this is just corruption in, of that party and McKee's hands are not clean in it. I think that in uh, in also this is one of the things I like about this issue is it's it's easy to understand. People can understand at all. I also, Justin Katz, when Governor McKee says not on my watch, they will be tolling cars. Why would anyone? Why would anyone believe that? You know, we've seen uh, a series of things happen in the state where it starts off with it's either going to be small or it's temporary. And they all give the, you know, not on my watch. But but what does that mean? Then all they need, as you and I know, is for the General Assembly, that they're the ones that then since they control it, uh, they're the ones that take action. We we both know the governor never really needs to sign a bill if there's no action it then just ultimately takes effect as law. So I think it rings hollow with uh, the whole element of Governor McKee, like not on my watch, because I think the thing about that that struck me was suddenly, you know, here was the guy. Like, when did he become on the side of the taxpayers? What, What do you mean not on my watch? His watch has been protecting the interests of the special interest showing up at that you know, that that picket line strike at a private business, handing out three thousand dollar bonuses. Um, we're going to get into the raises. And as a matter of fact, when you talk about it now, this business of not on my watch, when has he chosen to do the right thing for the public as opposed to just doing whatever's going to get him votes? Yeah, not that I've seen. And conveniently no. for him, the bill won't, won't really come due until after the election, which is and he's counting on his union friends to get him over the line for the next one, I'm sure. Yeah. So I, uh, nobody should have any trust in that. Not on my watch. To me, that sounds one like he just wants to get elected, and two, it's kind of negotiating with the general assembly in advance, telling them you're going to have to take some of the heat on this and help me come up with a story that allows me to let this through, uh, or enough votes to just push it over the top. So I think something like this, uh, a lot of people are going to cash in to get their to have their votes bought in the general assembly, uh, and uh, as we've said, the governor is already cashing in on on support from the labor unions. So I, I I'll be surprised. It could happen. You know, I don't want to I don't want to predict evil in the future, but uh, I'll be surprised if if anybody in government government who can make a difference actually protects taxpayers on this. I think they're gonna they're gonna appeal. They're gonna want to find some way for the courts or the federal government to save them from having to, to make bad calls here. Um, but I, I don't know that the, that is coming. That's a good point. And I want people to understand that, uh, you know, the labor unions, especially in this case, I believe it's like the Teamsters that do a lot. They, they absolutely will contact the reps and say, you know, if there is a vote and they're saying, asking, should should the state appeal? We want to make sure we can we can count on on your vote. I mean, it is certainly not beyond the bounds to do that. And then that's where. You know, the rubber meets the road. That's where you really find out if there's a profile of courage or they're they're just going to go along. And 
And the mm. fact is, someone like a McKee or even Sakachi, they, they know that. And then you have to weigh, you know, it's a little late in the game now, but they certainly don't forget. And then this could, you know, ultimately lead to it's a little too late for them to get someone to run against you. But uh, as we've talked about, especially the well, the Democrat side, they you do not want to fall onto the wrong side because the, the political leaders up there won't protect you from the special interests, whether it's the speaker, the Senate, well, certainly not the Senate president. He's one of the laborers. And then um, and Governor McKee, as we've seen, is, is the ultimate go along to get along. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our segment, Politics This Week, Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with Propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 401- 885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. Justin, Governor McKee, they're having the hearing today. This business of state raises... He's again continuing this false narrative that it's necessary to retain and attract high-quality people to state government. The real fact of the matter is, as you and I know, there's no reason to give these these raises. This is another, you know, there's always something added and deals that are made, and then the bill comes due. Uh, there's not been all these people that have been leaving to take jobs. As you and I both know, there, it's just the opposite. We watched a series of people, especially reporters for the Providence Journal, that were all bailing out of the private sector to they'd take jobs with the state. So this business of we have to keep pace and and we're losing, uh, you know, high quality. We're not. Listen, this is what it pays. This is the job. You're, you're going to get a great benefit package. Um, you know, it's basically an eight to four type job and and then, you know, pension and everything on top of that. This has nothing to do with somehow the state is having a tough time filling positions. Therefore, you have to raise more. Uh, This is all just more promises made with these huge raises, by the way. You know, 145 to 195, a $50,000 raise in state government. Um, This is just to me another example, complete abuse of the system by the McKee administration. Oh yeah, absolutely. Buy- and buying support. And you're exactly right. There's there's no evidence that state government is having problems recruiting in Rhode Island. It is it is our primary industry, state government in Rhode Island. That's that's not something they're they're struggling to do. These and it's not as if these people are working you know, on a quasi volunteer basis. They're getting paid good money to have these jobs. But uh, you know there there should be a point. I mean, if he wants to say, hey, look at the look at the complete mess of our primary ballots where we couldn't even just follow simple processes to make sure the ballots were accurate. Maybe there's a case to be made that the people who in state government are not, enti- not as competent as they might good otherwise point. be, uh, but, but that's not the case they're making. Or, you know, it's just, we've got to be able to attract good people. Nobody in the state is getting this money. The point is they're, they've got the money from all the COVID stimulus and et cetera, and tax raises over decades. They've got the money and they're, they're shuffling it off to special interests. It's, it's that simple. And, you know, this is one of these areas where just the McKee, as I thought he was as Lieutenant governor and mayor and the McKee, as he turned out to be is just night and day. I mean, I, I, 
if you'd asked me a couple of years ago, I would have said, you know, there's a chance with all the surplus money, the McKee administration would say, let's give it back to taxpayers. We right. We're, we're good. We're golden. We don't need, we need to be a little bit more frugal and, and let make sure that private businesses have their, have resources too, so they can stay afloat. But instead you get this special interest buy. And even when they give money back, what is it? I haven't seen it yet, but is it 250 per child that McKee wants to give away to families? It's just a buy-off. It's not a structural thing to help businesses succeed. And that's why I just, I, I would have expected a, a, a former business owner, McKee, to understand, you know, you've got to have the structure for our entire economy to attract good businesses, good jobs. It can't be all about, we need to attract good people in state government, but that's, a, that's all that seems to matter in Rhode Island anymore. And I, I want people, just so people understand, I always think a pretty w easy way to understand it would be, and it, it would play out in baseball with the Oakland A's. They even made the, the movie about a money ball where the Oakland A's just had a very limited budget and teams like, you know, the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox and, and uh, maybe the Mets, they would, they would prey upon them because they would pay more because in baseball, it's not like football or basketball where everybody has the same payroll. It's, it's different in baseball. And that's why you have these teams like the, you know, the Cincinnati Reds, and uh, Oakland is, of course, like the big one and the, even the Pittsburgh Pirates. But they, they don't pay the way the big teams do. So that's how you have players that then they're a star for the Oakland A's and then they're stolen away by the Red Sox and, the, and especially the New York Yankees, like the highest payroll in baseball. That's not happening. That's not what's going on. <laughs> it's not like there are local businesses that are attracting and picking all the talent. They Because of their poor policies, they've scared businesses away so now you're exactly right it becomes the the state government and it's more of yeah i should make more it's not that they're threatening of leaving you know sometimes with when that um i remember amy kemp got the job at ccri and, and it was a job she had never done before it was going to be communication for ccri and they were going to pay her one hundred twenty nine thousand. and it was a job i think initially had been listed maybe five thousand. and i would say at the time so does that mean um when they offered her 129, if that had been 109, 20,000 less, was she walking out the door saying, no way, deal breaker, I'm not taking the job for that? No, no, that's not what it is. If How many times, you know, today, this week, people listening, someone is going to have a job interview. And when offered the job, then they're going to negotiate and they're going to say, gee, you know, is there any way you could make it 20,000 more or 10,000 more or whatever the number is? And the business We'll decide we can't afford to pay that or I mean, this goes on all the time. But these people in state government, if, if they had said to Amy Kemp, here's the job. It's at CCRI. It pays ninety nine thousand. It would have said, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Um, there aren't a lot of options. Now, folks, again, our segment is politics this week with us is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Now, Justin, there were a series of stories at the end of last week. I noticed that uh, both Providence Journal and um Channel 12, but they Channel 12 does a lot of investigative, but they have found that Ashley Kalis, things are definitely not smooth. I wouldn't say that there's anything nefarious here, but do you think it's going to hurt her with some of the questions that are being raised about where she was voting, where the husband was voting in this whole business of the homestead extension that they were getting in uh, Illinois? Well, I, I think it hurts her probably only to the extent that it knocks her off balance a little bit and yeah. she has to spend time fighting it. I mean, it's, it's actually a very, very similar story to what you were just mentioning with Amy Kemp getting a big job with CCRI. That's how Democrats in the state keep people in line. That's how they get people motivated to run for office. You get involved yeah. and we'll take care of you. We'll, one day we'll give you a six-figure salary you don't deserve for a cushy do-nothing job. That's, that's the promise and that's what keeps people in line. The Republicans haven't had that for a long, long time in Rhode Island. And so you do, you end up with people, especially locally, who are kind of the the more zealous types that aren't necessarily going to put things in a way that local journalists will will be gentle about. But you also get people who come in and haven't learned any better yet because they're new to the state. And I think that's what we see with Ashley Kalis here. You, you need people who can self-fund because other people aren't going to get involved that much unless there's already a, a lot of money there because they don't have a lot to give as incentives, as promises for here's what's coming in the future. So I think, I think you know, it's my favorite 
tweet on all this was Representative Chippendale said, you know, a couple of years ago we were talking about voting and I mentioned that a lot of people in Rhode Island are registered in more than one state. And the journalist, one of the same ones going after Ashley Kalis was saying, oh, whatever, that doesn't matter. There's no evidence that anything happens is bad here. That's just how it goes. And that, that journalist had a point, you know, on a one to one basis. And that's what we have right now is, you know, Life is messy. When you move to a new area, you don't necessarily say, oh, I better hurry up and change my voter registration today. Uh, you know, that that sort of thing is just I so I don't know that the story has much traction. But if if she gets caught up trying to defend it, depending how how unembarrassed and obvious the news media is in pressing it. But one of the points I raised was, isn't it curious that this comes out now? You know, this they've had this this story has been out there and available to them for. For weeks and weeks or months and months rather. And this is now what we're going to talk about now that we're in a general, it's like a get the Republican kind of thing. And Justin, just touch on that. Cause you were talking about that a little bit on social media. Like why is it all of a sudden now when they've had this for quite some time that it's just the focus on it, you feel that a lot more of this should be, should be done in advance. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's always a convenient excuse, right? There, oh well, now that the the primary is over, the people are interested in the general, and that's why it's a story now. Well, yeah, no, you've been going after Ashley Kalis from the beginning, and part of the reason there there people pay attention more to the Democrat primary is you don't you don't pay attention to the others. I mean, look at the Republican primaries for other offices, like Lieutenant Governor, right? There was no, no big stories, no nothing. They just, they kind of hold on to this. And so there, there are two possibilities in my mind. And I want to be clear, I don't think this is you know, the, the biggest story and they've, they've held on to this for months as a big gotcha, but it's just telling. So either the journalists all had this story. The Kui sit in. 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. So I, I think there are, there are really two possibilities. Either they're... Um these journalists all had this story for a long time and decided to hold it and until after the general uh, primary election rather, which makes it seem like a timing it to go after the Republican and make it easier for the Democrat to win. Or they're just responding to the oppo researchers from, from the Democrat side. And so they, those people had the story and they said, this is the time to release it. So I, th I think that it's just telling how, how this all happens. Kind of, we get to see how the sausage is made a bit, but I think all that said, it's, it's been a story that, Kalis's team should have been, you know, pr pretty prepared for, uh, and could have gotten out ahead of if they'd acted a little more quickly. Maybe they just didn't think it was that big a deal. Justin, um, the debate schedule is now set. Uh, first one, Channel Twelve, out of the box. There's three. You know, sometimes in the past, they, a television station shouldn't even do more than that. Um, but they they did manage to squeeze one agreement in prior to the early voting, and then two days later, I believe, is then. Uh, the public trade and the Providence Journal is doing one. So I'm not sure how that's going to be transmitted. Uh, and then Channel 10 has one. I think it's the Thursday prior to the election. What do you think of this debate schedule? And do you think there are three people that have qualified for the ballot? Paul Rihanna, who I, I think you also you did interview, and I want to ask you about that. A 21-year-old URI student that I think is doing this as a school project and then the libertarian candidate what do you think of the debate schedule and then um i'd be curious to hear your thoughts if if those three should all be included well i i mean i this the debate schedule seems uh, i guess it's i mean it's it's hard to, to pick apart a, a debate schedule i think three is is kind of light you could have easily have one a week uh given that we're electing a governor um yeah it's uh, disappointing it, channel six doesn't for whatever reason it wouldn't be that tough. I mean, they have a studio for crying out loud. I have no idea why Channel Six doesn't do it. If they said we're we're going to just have you know the two of them and do it in like a ten news conference where they're both sitting there, at least it would be another forum. But the reason why I think it's important is Helena Folks definitely gained from those two debates. She gained from the Channel Ten debate, and then she really found her momentum in the Channel Twelve debate. Excuse me, the yeah the Channel Twelve debate that was last, and then that 
carried over and she ended up winning primary day. So I think the element of at least there is an earlier one. I, I think that, we, you know, we saw it does make a difference. It does. So I, I think it's it's good that there are, there are a couple soon, uh, sooner in early yeah. October. And then, and then there's one right before the election. So that does create opportunity. What we saw definitely with McKee's infamous uh, hang up on her comment on primary night was he he is not good on his feet. And so that creates. No opportunity for Kayla's. But as, as you say, it's, I mean, Channel 6 could be running more. Uh, I mean, news media is kind of fading in Rhode Island just because, uh, frankly, there's not much to talk about. It's all an insider game around here. Um, so it's, you don't need a dozen news outlets. But there are other organizations that could be having debates, too. And I think that that's uh, that, that it's just a disappointment that that's how it's it's got Remain healthy. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401 305 3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Poppin' and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401-305-3585 diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. To the John DePietro Show, it's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2. But visit the website, dipietro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link, contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media whether it's facebook when we do facebook live or youtube or twitter it's all right there at the website to petro.com and then remember once you're there you can also visit the shop we have great gifts that you can get it's a happening all links to the show plus if you ever miss any part of the show it's all right there under radio show right there folks it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com and on the left hand side you can always listen live again all our links everything begins and ends right there at the website dipetro.com propane plus in rhode island for all your propane needs call them 401 401- 885-4209 in massachusetts you can reach them at 508-252-3359 propane heating and cooling it's propane plus their team's been there three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they plan on serving you for a long time to come they offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 